Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, conversations about impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose. Impact is where your unique best self meets the world and contributes to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Linda Rendelman. Linda leads the Women Like Us Foundation, a nonprofit that promotes gender equality and social justice through support of women's leadership in the areas of sexual abuse, homelessness, and education. Linda is an award-winning writer and speaker and is the author of the Women Like Us book series. Her foundation also creates awareness through the recently released documentary, Women Like Us, Three Journeys, One Mission, to change the world. So welcome to the podcast, Linda. I'm delighted to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Ursula. Right back at you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just great to, to get to get to meet you and know more about your work as well. So thank you. Well, I, I'd love to hear how you came to creating this foundation, which is doing work all over the world. And uh, it's so powerful, the stories that are shared on your website. Can you talk a little bit about how you got here? Oh, sure. <laughs> that means going back a ways, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to give you, as my friend calls it, the Reader's Digest version so that, you know, we don't, don't run out of time before we get started here. Um, uh, so, so, right. So I, I, um, I always have just innately been very interested in moving women forward. And I really think it came about as, um, I, I was, I was raised way back with a feminist mom. We used to call her the original feminist because it wasn't anything that we were even working on yet that came along later in my life. But um, it was always about being strong and about finding your voice and um, speaking up for yourself and setting your boundaries, et cetera. And um, so I ended up getting my degree in public speaking and my master's degree in women's counseling. And um, so it's always, it's always been something I've been very interested in. Um, but I married young. And after 10 years of marriage and two gorgeous children, that marriage ended. And when I believe I, I, it, people weren't getting divorced so much back then. There wasn't, uh, there wasn't quite, we'd never had divorce in our family even. And so uh, it was really hard on me. And I realized and, uh, that if I were to make the life that I wanted to have, it really was up to me to make that happen. And um, so I, I and, and I've lived that I have totally lived that um, even today. Um, so, so I, um, I, I met a friend who um, was a broadcast journalist, and together she and I back in the early 1980s put together a women's magazine. And when we did our research, the women's magazine was uh, just didn't exist yet. Um, it's kind of like the same way with the web and um, with internet. I mean, back then. There were national women's magazine. There was Red Books, and I believe it was McCall's, and all the different magazines that we got as women that were national told the stories of women that are doing these things, but they weren't women from our own community. They were women that we, you know, aspired to be like, that we knew of, but we couldn't touch, feel, connect with them at that point. And so um, there was and no. Miss Magazine was, was that starting up around that time as well? Miss Magazine? 
Yes. And so that was really kind of the motivation motivation to start the magazine. And in our research, we found that there was only one other local city magazine at that time. I believe it was in Virginia. So we created the magazine Indianapolis Woman, which is where I lived at the time in the Midwest and where I'm from. And the goal of that was to bring women together in our own community to highlight their work, to highlight their motivation, to highlight their lives and resources. So that is how it really all got started. Moving forward, um, the magazine was sold to someone who had a lot more money than two young women. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that story. So, so yeah, I mean, we did, we had a radio show, we had a TV show, we, we did really well, but we, we really didn't do well enough to be able to sustain it as it was growing. And so it was sold, uh, and then moved forward it, for me. And I, I don't know if any of your listeners are like this and I bet you they, somebody out there gets this. And that is that I felt like there, I went ahead and did some work in our family real estate business and I did some other things, but I always had this like hole in my heart that it wasn't where I belonged. I really, really wanted to write and motivate and inspire women and myself, you know, the byproduct is you do that for yourself as well at the same time. And um, so when the internet came about, um, I again, kind of made history in the fact that I was one of six local websites and it was called Business Women Connect. So at this point, I wasn't yet in the charity work, and that was in the late 1990s. Um, And and so it it was a new website, and it's really interesting, Ursula, because I I created this website to bring women together, to find one another on the web. But the web was still so very new that no one really understood it. They didn't understand the revenue model. They didn't understand how it was going to help them if you tried to get sponsors. So I ended up stepping back and starting a women's membership organization face-to-face, doing my own radio show and eventually a television show, really truly to just try to get women to this website and see what they would be able to do and how they would be able to connect. So that was a really, really fun time. It was, um, I mean, when I did my radio show, I literally got the guests, I produced it, I did everything but get behind the camera. Uh, But, you know, when you know that something speaks to you and you know that something is right, you do it. You just find a way and you make it happen. And and that's what one of the reasons that I feel so blessed to have met, met so many amazing women along the way who get that and do that and it it takes it doesn't take necessarily someone that is special but it does take someone who is very very committed and I bet you could speak to that as well right absolutely and it's so empowering when you bring people together bring women together in a way that's collaborative and supportive you can really accomplish a lot more than you could on your own yes that's absolutely right and and moving forward aren't we lucky in today's times that it is really truly happening more than ever and I at some point I'd love to speak about that a little bit because I think that's amazing and I'm so glad I'm around to see it happen you know (laughs) well yeah the internet has become this huge I mean it's such a platform for making connections all around the world I mean I'm sure this is true for you especially with your work with the foundation but most of us know people in other countries even that we haven't traveled to yet but it's you can really maintain a community in an extraordinary way. 
Absolutely, and learn so much from others for sure. Mm -hmm. So, so moving forward, I had the Business Women Connect, which was the for-profit, and um, we were doing. I mean, I was happy we were doing some great things with it, and um, uh, I found out that I had cancer, and mm -hmm. um, so I always like to share this piece because. Um, for anyone else who would just the symptoms, what I had was what they called head and neck cancer. Everyone always assumes it's breast, but we women get cancers in other areas as well. We're humans. <laughs> and um, so I had found um, a lump on the side of my neck and it was really hard. Um, it didn't hurt, but it was, and I had been tired. So I went to the doctor. And he said, uh, well, you probably have strep throat, so here's an antibiotic. And, you know, we laughed about it. And I said, oh, well, thank goodness it's not cancer or anything like that. Okay, great. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, right. Well, that did not go away. The antibiotic didn't help it. Fast forward, um, I did end up with um, head and neck cancer, uh, from cancer squamous cell coming from the left, the tonsil and down into my lymph nodes and um so i had surgery and i had you know all the all the treatments for the cancer and so during that period i was doing the tv show i was doing the radio show i was running my business and um and i'm sure there's women out there like me that i thought okay well i just have to add cancer to my list <laughs> and so I will get up at six o'clock in the morning and I'll go straight to the hospital. I'll do my treatments and then I can still be in my office by eight. Wow. Which was, I think we might call that denial. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a desire to get things done, but I, I hear you when you talk about the denial aspect. Yeah, oh, totally. And after about two weeks, I realized that that wasn't, that wasn't going to work. So it was during, so there were things, any, anyone who's, who goes through something traumatic like that, you know, it's a, it's a check. It's like, oh my gosh, but wait, I have to do this. I have to do that. I don't have my kids. I did it. da. da, da. And one of the things I really, really wanted to do was I was just starting to get ready, ready to write my first book. And uh, once I was well, and I was, I, there's a lot of stories around that, but I won't go into all of that um, about me trying to speak on the radio when I could hard, hardly had a voice for some time and things like that. But um, I, I had started this foundation when I had my for-profit and I, I had just started it, and we actually called it the Business Women Connect Foundation, but when I got my cancer, one of the things I did have to give up was the charitable side of my work, and I remember very specifically taking this, this charity, that this foundation, this piece to really help women and the world, and putting it in this beautiful little, in my mind's eye, in this beautiful little jeweled box and just putting up it in the top of my closet. And I remember specifically saying to myself, this, at some point, I'll be able to do this. I don't know when, I don't know how, but it has to wait. And when I was well, I wrote my first book, Women Like Us, Real Stories and Strategies for Living Your Best Life. And when that was completed, a good friend of mine said, Linda, this is such a great thing. We should, we should do an event. We should have a dinner. We should have speakers. We should do an event based around this name, Women Like Us. And she said, and by the way, don't you have a 501c3? And I said, 
yeah. So the story is that we took, I took down this, this vision and this dream and opened up this beautiful little box up in the, the, my mind's eye in the top of my closet and renamed the Business Women Connect, the Women Like Us Foundation. Mm -hmm. And we were off and running. So how did you come to have the focus you have now? Because you were focused on helping business women connect. And now you're focused on uh, sex trafficking and, and homelessness and education as your major issues around women. How did, how did that transition happen? Yeah, well, I sold the Business Women Connect because I, I really, truly was ready to do something for the greater good. Not that it all isn't, but I was ready to go to the next step in my life. And that was that was the charity piece. And, and many times, actually, when I had Business Women Connect, something in my brain was going, should this be a charity? You know, should this maybe not be a for-profit? Uh, but I knew nothing about charities at that point. And my friend that recognized that I should start the charity came with came along with me and she had a lot of experience so I thank her for teaching me a lot about how the differences in a charity and running a business which by the way at the end of the day are not a lot it's just you do things right. different but it's still a business mm -hmm. for sure because you have to keep the lights on and etc well yeah if you want to sustain it it's a valuable model to use absolutely absolutely and so we, we started it feeling like we wanted to, uh, we could do everything. You know, we were, we were in Uganda, we were in India, we were uh, in Africa, we were in Serbia. Uh, one of our, one of our, actually the gal that helped me get started had a lot of travel experience and a lot of contacts. So we started by going over there finding needs and finding out ways to help meet the needs. And it has morphed over time. You know, you it's like a business plan. You you write it, but then you have to go back and check it. And you know, you can you can massage it and listen to what the needs are and, and that's you know how you how you you hopefully move forward successfully. Right. And now and you're so, more focused. Now you're more focused in Kenya and in even in parts of the U.S. You're doing work here as well. That's correct. That's correct. So where we're at now, ten years later, is we we've only really focused on Kenya at the moment, and we focus in the United States. And and the the overarching goal of the Women Like Us Foundation is still the same as it was back when I started the Indianapolis Woman Magazine to Business Women Connect to the Women Like Us Foundation, and that is to support women that are doing amazing work. And so what we do is we vet these, these women under the, our three pillars of sex trafficking, homelessness, and education, which includes what is going on in Kenya. It's the same thing. Um, and we support these women. We, we raise funds so that we can give them grants to, to help sustain their work. So I, I never was someone who, you know, was like Tom's shoes, which is fabulous. But the example I use is to make a shoe and then a child gets a shoe. And that's great. And it's easy for people to understand, oh, I buy these shoes and a sure. kid in uh, third world countries gets shoes. But so it's, it's more complicated than that. But when you donate to the Women Like Us Foundation, we pass that on to women that we have vetted that are working hard to change the world in these three areas of sex trafficking, homelessness, and education. The reason that we did the documentary, which includes all of this, it's, we're very, very proud of it. And the reason that we did it is because that's part of our creating awareness of women's work in the world. 
So it all it all works together, right? Well, I, I'd I'd love to hear more about what you feel is a little bit on the sort of the back end of your uh, creating this organization and what goes into that because the work you're doing is so powerful. I know you have a school and a home for girls uh, in Kenya and and other projects going on. So how how has how have your values come into play in having this impact that you have? And the reason I ask that is that I think that people have impact consciously or unconsciously based on what they hold as most important. So when we make that conscious, we can have more impact because it's, it's then something you can put into action. But can you talk a bit about what you and your values are, what your values are and how they get, how they show up in your foundation. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't know that anyone's asked me that before. I appreciate it. Um, I'm just very, I'm, values are very much about honesty and integrity um, and the worthiness of people. And I, I do believe that everyone is doing the best that they can in this world. Um, and it's a tough place to be. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough sometimes, but the old adage that when the times get tough, the tough, what is, how does it go? You probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. There you go. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really been my life story. Um, when I was a kid, we moved a lot, a lot. Uh, in fact, by the time I was uh, 14, I'd been 15 different schools. And I think that impacted, um, well, I'm great at a cocktail party, by the way. I can meet anyone. No problem. <laughs> Got that one. <laughs> but, um, but I, so I know what, I, I know what my vulnerabilities have been. And um, I, I truly actually feel that being vulnerable is something that's a good thing because if you can, if you can be vulnerable and you can, you can be in different places or you can be in different situations that might even be painful, um, there's always something good on the other side. And so I guess to talk about another value of mine would be um, I'm, I'm really a very positive person. Um, in fact, I, as a child, I could never watch like I Love Lucy or, or cartoons where people were hitting their heads over the head because I just, I, yeah, it just wasn't me. It just made me upset. So, so yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and I guess one more thing really would be when I was in college, I had to write a thesis on the question was, is man inherently good or is man inherently bad? And I have always believed that man is good and I, I won't stop doing that. Um, I really do. I, that is really part of, of who I am. And so being able to support growth in women and, and help people find where they want to be and be able to speak their voice um, gives me great gratification because um, I feel like I do that also. And I know how empowering it is for me to, to, able, to be able to feel like I got this. Well, and I can see how those values come into play in an organization like the one you've created. I mean, the worthiness of every person and, and everyone's doing the best they can and that humans are essentially good. It's, it's all seems to illuminate the, the foundation. What, what are, what's, uh, 
I mean, kind of more exploring uh, your journey with this. How what what's the personal trait that's been most helpful to you in having the impact that you have? I mean, you're affecting women all around the world, and how is is there a particular characteristic that you think has been most helpful to you as you've created this organization and and developed that impact? Um. Perseverance, for sure. Um, never, never giving up. In fact, there's a there's a section in my in uh, my the first book that I wrote that's titled "Never, Never, Never," and it was I got it from my grandson when he was two, who was all two year olds love to say no, as you know. <laughs> yes. And I remember he was sitting on a tricycle, and I was I was out in the driveway with him. And he was riding his tricycle, and I said, "It was time to get off now." And he said, "No, never, never, never." And I thought, you know, that pretty much says it. You just keep going back. You just, <laughs> you know, you just keep trying um, over and over again. So, um, uh, I think that's I think that's a that's a big one for me. I don't give up, and I know I, I talked about vulnerability before, but um, I. I've just, I've never been afraid to make changes in my life, the good and the bad of it. You know, if maybe later I go, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But, um, and, and it does make me vulnerable, but I find that if I allow myself to be, to just go after what I know that I want, even if it's scary, I really do trust in myself that it's going to be okay and it'll work out. So... Well, and, and that attitude obviously is, is um, stood in well for you. It's been a great support to you. Are there things that you do to support yourself in that process? Are there self-care things that you do that uh, really helps you have, have impact, do the work that you do? Yeah, well, I'm very much into yoga. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, and I, I've done several kinds of yoga for the last three years I've been very involved in a, in a body and brain yoga uh, that it actually comes from Korea and um, it just is perfect for me so it's it's not only meditative but it's also very introspective um, and I, I'm currently I'm very much into the whole brain management thing and the importance of our brain and finding out you know how we can make our brain happier and sharper and, and the importance of the brain and its relationship to the body. So I do a lot of reading on, on that kind of thing and, and a lot of exercise on that. And then I also do a lot of hiking. Um, so the physical, I mean, you probably know this too, and, and we all know that if you can stay in a physical environment for yourself and have some kind of a routine, it really does make you work better. Um, and when I know that when I get out of it, if I'll just go take a walk, my attitude just changes. I'm just, you know, I'm brighter, I'm happier, I'm more, more peppy. So, so that is definitely important. And then, of course, my writing is always a very growth time for me. I've written three books, and um, it's it's very hard. My husband asked, promised, asked me if I would promise not to write another one because. <laughs> Because <laughs> when it's hard for me, it's hard for him. <laughs> right. I know. I'm working on a book myself, and it's, uh, wow, it's quite an involved process, and over months often, for most people anyway. Oh, yeah. Have you written one before? Ursula? No, it's my first one. 
Yeah, you know what? What really helped me, and but you're a coach, so you probably don't need this. But I did. <laughs> I had, even though I knew I was a writer, and I never, it wasn't writing was no problem. The problem for me was where do I start and how do I organize it? And um, so I had a, I had a coach bless, bless her heart. She just was fabulous. And, and so we would just talk every Monday morning for, for a half hour, eight to eight thirty, And she'd just go over things with me and kind of push me. And then it really helped me. So when I wrote my second one, you know, I was good. And I wrote, Kathleen Brahoney is her name, by the way, she wrote a fabulous book called living a connected life and a few others she's i've read all of her books but she's amazing mm -hmm. and uh yeah and so it really did help me so anyone out there and i know we all have the vision of wanting to write a book it's kind of like in a lot of women right. but um that worked for me so yeah. i thought it's well it's ongoing support and you can really clarify your own thinking around it um i mean i i just had an editor take a look at my book and her comments are so clarifying just getting another set of eyes on it and giving you some a different perspective so you can kind of carry on and and uh and complete it so what a great process you you're using and you've you've done it three times now so you <laughs> you know what you're doing it's it, that whole series of uh women like us books are they something that you um that you've enjoyed sharing? I mean, you're, are you doing speaking around them or other aspects of, of helping get the word out about them? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And the third one is actually the inspiration for the documentary. So um, those two are going together. And, and um, we really just kind of got the documentary up and running. Um, and so we're definitely looking for screenings all over the country that we can do and, and come and speak and bring the book and the whole thing. So, yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. So kind of a grassroots approach to to uh, helping people see the documentary. Yeah. Well, in, in the description that you provided, I mean, you, you kind of shared um, some of the obstacles that you've had to work through. And that's certainly true for all of us who uh, have businesses, create organizations. And is there something that you feel has really helped you move through obstacles i mean you mentioned your perseverance is there are there other th things that really come into play more acutely when you're in a situation where there's a a, a problem uh with the foundation or with me in general just in general just in general um well i i always have my family and um they're all great listeners so um, that's important. I will have to say um, my daughters and my son are really amazing. And um, in fact, I'll, I'll, they're, you know, they've been with me long enough and, and, and know that um, it's mom again, what's she doing now, you know? <laughs> okay, mom. Uh, in fact, I, um, I'll, I'll share with you something that I'm very proud of that just happened lately. And, and I, Consult, consulted with my daughter and she consulted back with me but um my daughter um her name is Kat Sadler and she uh, has been the host on E News uh on the uh, E network and she's, she's a co-founder of the foundation with you right she's not the co-founder but she's our spokesperson okay she's our international spokesperson and um so with everything that's going on with women now i i was so so very proud of her because um 
her contract came up with uh, E Entertainment, and um, she learned that the uh, the her co-host, who does the same job that she does, was making almost twice of what they were paying her. Mm-hmm. And so she resigned because she didn't want to leave, but it was not fair. It was not, it was another example of pay inequality for women. Right. And the other host is a man. So. The other host is a man. Okay. It's not his fault. It's in the press. He got a lot of um, really bad press, which was a shame because he didn't know it. And he, he's a great guy. But so she was in the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, um, just she was all over. It just happened just uh, right before Christmas. Um, But I'm so proud of that for her because and she'll be fine. She's very talented and she's already getting offers to do some other things. But I'm very, very proud that um, that she was able to be strong and stand up and do that. And even though like I, I feel strong, I kind of relearned from her the importance that we as women do that, that we do draw the line, that we don't just go along and just accept when we can really, we do have a voice and we should definitely use it. So my girls are feminists and and my son's wife is like my girls and he's a feminist as well. And so that's, that's a huge support for me. We're just I'm so happy with my family. (laughs) (laughs) That's great to hear. Well, and and you mentioned integrity is one of your values, and that's obviously something that your daughter, Kat, has adopted as well. So um, as as something she holds as important. Mm -hmm. Well, um, one of the things that I, I meant to ask you earlier when we were talking about the foundation is that you know, there's there's a lot of different women-oriented foundations, and you're doing work that is uh, supporting some very heavy issues. And uh, but you're not alone in that. So, what is it that makes the Women Like Us Foundation unique in that world of of uh, nonprofit organizations? Yeah. Well. Um, I think I kind of touched on it earlier, but I didn't really go there. So what makes us unique is that we go out and find these women that are doing this work. Oh, by the way, we also travel. We go to Kenya once a year and work on the ground as well with these with this. And I'll, I'll run through who those people are that we support and, and the kind of people that we support, which might be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but so so let's just say that you, you know, you want to give some money to charity and you want it to be something that if, that women are doing um but you don't know you know do you just randomly go out there and say okay i'll i'll give money over here or maybe you just play it safe and you say well i'll make a donation to something that's you know like race for the cure or something that is very very well known because you because you want your money to be used where it's supposed to be used and so what we do is we we create the awareness of the issue for example i'll just start with sex trafficking and uh, by speaking about it, by writing about it, by uh, the documentary, and by blogging about it. And then what we do is we seek out women-led initiatives that are specifically fighting to eradicate sex trafficking. And they apply for funds. And then we raise, we raise the money through, the, through the creating, creating the awareness. And then we grant those funds back to the ones that meet certain criteria that are a 501c3, that have made impact, that have been around for at least three years. 
And so we're really vetting these women's organizations for people that want to help to and donate and want to help women. That's great. So they're all women-led initiatives. That's great. That's that's rare. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to wrap up our time together, Linda, with a, what I'm calling the rapid round. It's a new edition of the podcast. So um, I'm just going to ask you three quick like questions. Is it like a game show or is it? <laughs> is it like what? I said, is it like a game show? I might not win. <laughs> you are definitely winning already and you will win with these questions. So, so the, the first one is, what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? The biggest thing I've learned is that I'm not sure who was the most impacted, the people that we help or me personally. Yeah, that's great. It's such a reciprocal thing, isn't it? Yes, very much so. Next question. What is the one thing you've consistently done that has contributed to your success and impact the most? Well, I could say get up early and go to bed bed early. Um, That's great. Yeah, okay, there you go. (laughs) And the the last question is, what's one insight or piece of advice that you'd share with another leader or business owner who's asking themselves, how can I positively have impact? How can I affect my own environment and the larger world? What would you say to them? I would say go with your gut. Know where your heart is and seek other people that can help you to get there. Don't try to do it on your own. We all have our certain talents and surround yourself with other people that can help you get there. I love that, that collaborative element. It's so crucial to having impact. So thank you for sharing those. And thank you, Linda, for being here on the podcast today. I've so appreciated your story and how you bring that sense of that everyone's worthy to these very difficult issues uh, around women and that you're supporting women who are leading these initiatives as well and uh, through Uh, the foundation and your books and the documentary. So thank you for being here today and, and uh, for sharing all of that. Well, thank you, Ursula. It was so great to meet you and thank you for the work that you do as well. Thank you. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Well, certainly the women like us foundation.org always start with the website uh, or my email is Linda at womenlikeusfoundation.org. Either one of those is a great place to start. Great. And how can people, where can they find your books and the documentary? How can they see a screening of the documentary? Yeah, uh, well, the, we have the books on the website, so that's easy. Just go there and click on the link. Um, and they can just contact us. If you go to the documentary page, we have a place there where you can actually a link where you can inquire about showing a screening and we're open to, it can be in someone's home where we can send you the film and you can raise funds for your charity and we can, we can do it that way. Or we can even also, if you want one of us to come and, and have a Q and a and speak and make it a little bit bigger event, we're happy to do that too. So there's a lot of ways and we really just, put it out there for all of us to, to, to work together and, you know, just keep moving forward. Love it. That's great. 
Well, thank you, Linda, for the work you're doing in the world. It certainly has impact. Thank you. Join us for more episodes. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Leave a review if you like what you've heard. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.